You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shemesh Israel, 5784-2023. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Miketz, and in our Parsha, Yosef HaTzadik finally comes out of jail. He becomes the leader over Egypt, second-in-command to Paro, and his brothers come before him, and they go through a whole difficult situation. But before that, the Torah tells us something, and it has to do with Yaakov Avinu and his vision, and what he saw the brothers did not see. But before we get to that, before we read the Medrash, I just want to tell you that um, today's podcast is going to be slightly different than the regular podcast that I do. Often, what I do is I read a Medrash, try to understand what it says, and uh, Today, I'd like to give you some impressions, not just of what this says in the Medrash, but some general feelings that I have today. We've been in Eretz Yisrael, here in the land of Israel. It's been 70 days since Shemini Atzeres. The last day of Hanukkah, which is today, Zos Hanukkah, is exactly 70 days from Shemini Atzeres, the last day of Sukkot, when this war began. And I have a lot of things to say today that have to do with that. And I will forewarn you that if you don't want to hear about things that have to do with the war, it's probably better not to listen to this podcast. But what I'd like to share with you is not just, again, text-based, but emotionally based. Um, I'll preface it before we get to the psukim. I'll just preface it by saying that today I went to a shiva. I went to the first day of shiva for... Uh, the Levenstern family, or Lowenstern family, who the father, Elisha Lowenstern, or Levenstern, passed away, was killed on Wednesday evening, and his wife emailed me yesterday in the morning to tell me about it. I, I wasn't aware. I, I don't, I'm not looking at the news at this time. But I went there, and I want to give you some impressions from that, and uh, I want to share with you a dream that someone in my house had, two nights ago, before I found out about this, and a dream that that same young lady had the night of Shemini Atzeres, 70 days ago. And I hope to connect it as well to the Parsha, to what we're reading here. And uh, again, not my regular type of Devar Torah, but I think it's very powerful, and I think it'll be very touching. Let's read the Medrash first. And then I'll share with you my impressions, and then we'll come back to the Medrash. Pasuk says, Vayar Yaakov Jacob saw that there is food in Egypt. Now the Medrash points out, what do you mean there's food in Egypt? Was, was Yaakov in Egypt that he saw? The language of seeing means you see with your eyes. What does it mean that Yaakov saw? Right, the Pasuk then goes on to say that when he speaks to his sons, he says, I heard, I heard that there is food in Egypt. So what does it mean that he saw that there was food in Egypt? Seeing indicates a more direct type of experience. 
So the Medrash says, from the fact that the Pasuk changes the way it speaks, it speaks first about Yaakov seeing, and then it says that he, that he heard. From the time that, Yo, that Yosef was taken, from the time that he was sold into slavery, he lost. Yaakov Avinu, Jacob, lost his divine inspiration. He wasn't able to see and know things that he knew before. Whereas before, Hashem would reveal things to him and he would know things through that revelation. From the time that Yosef was sold, Yaakov became sad, he became depressed. And Ruach HaKadosh, the divine inspiration that he had before, left him. And so, he no longer was able to see directly through his high, heightened spiritual awareness. He didn't have that heightened spiritual awareness. The measure says he would, could see, but he couldn't see. He could hear, but he couldn't hear. The information that previously he knew with great clarity, the, the ability that he had before was lowered a level. And if he would be, if things, something would be revealed to him through spiritual means, it would be unclear to him. It would be vague. Right? Okay. So, the Medrash is saying that he saw and he heard. Right? So, the, the Medrash is understanding that when the Pesach says he saw and he heard, it indicates that it wasn't a complete seeing. It was a, a seeing that was hearing. He he knew what was going on in Egypt through Ruach HaKadosh, through divine inspiration. But it wasn't complete. He didn't have a complete vision. There was something missing from his vision. But the Medjish points out that the language itself of the Pasuk, there's something else to, to notice. Why didn't he say that there is food in Egypt? The language that the Pasuk uses, the verse uses for food, is different. The word is shever. The word shever is is another word for food, but it's an unusual word. We find that the pasuk says that in Egypt at first there was bread, but then they were hungry. They became hungry. So, what does the pasuk mean that he saw that there was food in Egypt? We see that there was a lack of food in Egypt as well. So what does it mean when it says Yeshever? The Medjur says that the word Shever, since it starts with the Shin, you can take the dot on the right side of the Shin and move it to the left side, and you can read it Sever. Now what is the word Sever? The word Sever means hope. Sivra. Sivra means to hope. Says the Medrash, he had a vision at this point. And an earlier Medrash says that he had the vision and the brothers didn't have the vision. Yaakov Avinu saw, he didn't realize what he was seeing. He saw that there is hope in Egypt. He saw that there is, there is a future for Kal Yisrael in Egypt. There is a future for the people of Israel in Egypt. Ezezeh is a Yosef. The truth was that there is hope. On a simple level, there's going to be food for them, for them to live. On another level, there is a future for Klaus, so for the Jewish people, because Yosef is there. There is hope that he will see his son. 
his beloved son Yosef once again. There is a hope. So it's very interesting because he has a vision, he has he sees something, and and in this moment there's no hope. He never thinks that it's twenty two years since his son, as far as he knows, was killed by a wild animal. But still he's getting a vision that there is hope within the moment where you should give up already. It's 22 years. You'll never see your son again. He, he, I'm, I'm sure he didn't imagine he would ever see his son again. When Serach Bas Usher comes to tell him, he doesn't, he doesn't believe it. It's such an impossible thing to imagine for Yaakov. So the farthest thing from his mind is any hope of him seeing his son. And yet, he's given hope. He doesn't even know what he has hope for, but he's given a sense of hope in, in the time of really the greatest sense of of Yehush, of giving up. And that's the Medrash. That's the Medrash that I'd like to attach and connect to some impressions that I want to share with you. I mentioned at the beginning that I went to the Shiva. I wanted to go to the Levaya. I didn't know exactly when the funeral would be, and I was, unfortunately, I missed it last night. But I went to the Shiva. Why did I go to the Shiva of Elisha Levenstern, which, if you're following the Jewish news, you probably saw his face, a red haired, a red beard, a, a soft smile. So, this same Elisha Levenstern, I've been in touch with, and him and his wife, his wife is an incredibly strong person. I've been in touch with numerous times over the last few years. They came to my online shows that for my crowdfunders, they were, they were amongst those who gave and helped that I should be able to create the music of the albums. And a few weeks ago, exactly six weeks ago, on November 1st, I received an email from Alicia, Zechariah Levracha of Blessed Memory. And in this email, he sent me a text from the Rambam, from Maimonides, and I'm going to read to you part of the text. I have it here. I thought I had it in my pocket. Oh, I do. I'm going to read to you from the text. He had been drafted, or according to what my friend just told me, he chose to go of his own volition. And he was in the armored corps in the, in the army, in the Israeli army, in the IDF. And he said he wanted me to write a song for him to be mechazikim, to strengthen him, to strengthen other soldiers. From the Ram, the Ram says, When a person enters into the war, so he should lean on the hope of Israel, the one who saves them in times of oppression. A person needs to know that he's fighting for the Yichud of Hashem. He's fighting for God's sake. A person should place his soul in his palm. Not be afraid. Not be afraid. Interestingly, the, Medrash, the, the Ramam says, Don't think about a person's wife and his children. And a person should forget about his wife and his children, erase their memory from his heart, and place 
all of his focus on the war. And the, the Rambam goes on to say, if he does this and he's not afraid, so he'll have blessings, all, all the good will come, and ultimately he'll merit to have the world to come. It says really quite powerful things in the Rambam. So I, I composed a song. I'm not going to sing the whole thing right now. Maybe we'll put out this song at some point. But the the song I sent to him, to Alicia, and, and he loved the song. And I said he could share with whoever he wants. This morning when I went to the Shiva, his kids had all heard it, his wife had heard the song and um, you know uh, they had been in touch with me, I never met I never met them in person but they had been in touch with me the, his parents live here in, near, not far from me in Beit Shemesh and uh, they had wanted to come perhaps one time to meet me and it was sad that this is the this was the time that we would meet under these circumstances, but I told the kids who were very excited. They they know the music. They know our you know they know my music very well, Ari Goldwag music. And uh, came and I sat with the kids and I sang for them. And uh, I was very touched, and they were too. And uh, but now I'd like to share with you from that impression. I'd like to share with you another impression. My daughter. My nine-year-old daughter, on the night of Shemini Atzeres, before the war began. So in the morning we came into the into the room when the sirens were blaring, and she she just woke up. She said, "I had a dream." She said, "I had a dream. I saw Mashiach came. Mashiach arrived. Messiah arrived." And she said that all the houses turned into flamingos. Just so we know it. It's a dream. And everyone was so happy. That was her dream on that night. And I felt like this is a, this is a good dream. Obviously, it's a good dream. And uh, if you've heard my Mashiach podcast, so you know that I think that we're in a very important... I don't know if Mashiach is about to arrive or where we are in the process, but... Certainly, we're in a very important year, connected to 1948, 67, 2005, and this year. Go listen to that if you'd like. But just two days ago, right before the night, yesterday, before I heard about the fact that Rebbe Lisha was killed, so my daughter had a dream, the same daughter, Almost exactly 70 days later, as we come into the end of of Hanukkah, final days of Hanukkah, she had a dream, and in her dream, don't worry, it's gonna it's gonna be good in the end. She's it's gonna sound bad at the beginning of the dream, but I believe it's a very good dream. The beginning of the dream, she says that she she had died in the dream, and. She said there was no water and no milk in the world in, in Eretz Yisrael because of the war. And Hashem told my daughter 
In this, in her dream, she he said, "I want you to go down and bring milk and water to Eretz Yisrael, and also bring a note that they shouldn't that they shouldn't bury you because you're going to come back to life." This was her dream, and then it was supposed to be on a Wednesday. It was a very specific, clear dream, and then she came back to life, and she went to school to to pick up my other daughters who were there in school with her and they were so excited to see her they were so excited that she was okay and I heard this dream and I I said this is a very good dream this is a very good dream and I'll add that this I mean all my kids Baruch Hashem are, are spiritual and are sensitive but this child is especially and to me what this dream means and what it okay sometimes people have dreams about what's going on you know we know there's a war going on we know times are hard but I think that there's more to this dream and I'm not going to get into all of the details and how I I think that the Wednesday the fact that this there's something revolving around Wednesday is significant I can't really explain it exactly here in full detail but what I will say is that the Jewish people are going through a hard time. And Klal Yisrael, are, our, our soldiers are dying. And that's where I was today. And just like Yaakov Avinu, it seems like, it seems, is there hope? You know, okay, maybe in the war with Hamas, it feels like there's, there's hope. But let's look at the broader, what's going on with Lebanon, with the West Bank, Yudav Shamron. Iran with the Houthis and if we think about it we could we could feel huge we could feel like it's it's hard it's it's challenging it's tough you go into a shiva house you come out and you feel you feel broken yeshever b'mitzrayim the word shever can also mean broken it feels like everything is broken but the word shever, which means broken, is also the word sever, which means hope. Yaakov Avinu doesn't even know. He doesn't even know what to hope for. He doesn't even know that he could hope to ever see Yosef again. But in the, in the darkness, in the broken, in the brokenness, yeshever b'mitzrayim, in the brokenness in Egypt, what a terrible place to have to go, like we saw last week. But within that, there is hope. Yeshever, the Yeshever, there is hope. In the darkness, in my daughter's dream, it seemed like, oh no, it's very, it's terrible. Look, people, I see her, the, the what she spoke about as as representing the death that's going on in Kalal Yisrael and the Jewish people. But there is hope. There is hope, and there's a point of turning, which is called Wednesday. Which is, if you look at the days of the week, it's the fourth day. Chesed, Gevur, Teferis, Neitzach. And if we count in the months of the year, starting with starting with Cheshvan, if you listen to my podcast, you'll understand why. Cheshvan, Kislev, Teves, which is the month we're in now. Shvat, there's a turning the fourth, the fourth month in this series, there's a turning on the way to other base. There's a turning. 
and there's a darkness and there's a moment where it feels like there's no food and there's no drink there's no milk and there's no water but it turns it turns and you read the Rambam and you feel like I, you know I sang you this song Alicia and it says you can depend on Hashem and it says here which I didn't read before but if you do it with all of your heart and with without fear and as Alicia's wife said to me Hadas Levenstern as she said to me I told my husband that he has to erase, not think about me at all, like it says in the Rambam. And he thought that way. I said, I didn't include those words in the song because I can't say that, but you could say it. She's so strong, so impressive. But it says at the end, whoever does it, they're promised, they're guaranteed, nothing bad will happen to them. That's what the Rambam says, it's a promise. And uh, as I sat there next to those kids today, there was a man, uh, looked like a Rav, who sat there also next to the kids, next to Eitan and Benaya. And he said to them, and then his wife came over as well, he said that his wife had been previously married. 30 years ago, his, wife, his wife's first husband was killed in a terror attack. And then he married his wife and he raised her kids. And he wanted them to know that they lost their father, but their father will always be a demut, a, a, an example and someone who will affect their lives. And I don't think that they could hear that or understand that. They're 12 years old, 11 years old. But I heard it and I needed to hear that. And you say, look, the Rambam says a promise. And at the end he says, of That he will build a house. And they will merit forever. And he'll merit the world to come. Well, it's easy for me to believe that he's in the world to come. And his wife said that as well. He's going to build a house. And the house will be built. The house will be built. I could tell. I could read on the face of these kids. And there's hope. And 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 that's what I want to say. I'm going to kind of bring it all together. In the moment that that was Shmini Atzeres when this war began and 1,400 people were killed and 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 Klaiyusar was plunged into a war and into a into a challenging, difficult. Time is so much has Yeshever, there's destruction, Yeshever, there's so much hope. All of the petty things we were fighting about before have flipped, and we're all of the all of the the, the Jewish people has been so nischazic, so strengthened. In the breaking is hope. In that moment, there's that dream of Mashiach. And in this moment, in the middle of it, when there's a breaking, when there's when there's a shiva, when there's a, when there's great loss, the Jewish people are experiencing great loss. Seven, seven, b'nei ha-yeshiva from the same yeshiva, this Rav Elisha Levenstern, seven, he and six other students of this yeshiva in Yerucham, 
were killed in the war. That's a tremendous, tremendous loss, not just of of Jews, but B'nai Taira. And in the Shever, there's Sever. In the breaking, there's hope. In the breaking, there is hope. And the middle of the middle, we are here smack in the middle of the winter. I once wrote about this, but here we are smack in the middle of the winter. It's the least amount of daylight, the shortest, shortest day, and it's the most darkness, the most night, and it's, it's in Eretz Yisrael, it's first starting to get cold, it's starting to get cold, and we're buckling down, we're, we're we, you know, it's, it's a time of, it's a time of nistalka ruach ha-kadosh it's a time of dark. But in the dark, in that moment where it seems the darkest, it's actually right before redemption is about to arrive. And he start, it's already starting to shine. It's already starting to reveal itself in the greatest darkness, in the greatest destruction, in Yesh Shever B'Mitzrayim, in the greatest breaking of Egypt, Yesh Shever B'Mitzrayim, there is hope. I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine the hope. But there's hope. And I want to say that, you know, in a natural way, the way that things are unfolding here in Eretz Yisrael and in the world, it could be worse. It can get worse. I don't wish it to. But this message, this is such an important thing that we need to remember in the darkness. Hold on, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to send down, like my daughter's dream, he wants to send down a note that it's going to turn around. That that the death that we see, that we're touching, that we're encountering, is going to come to life. It's going to transform us. It's going to make us different people. It's going to bring so much life. The water and the milk is going to come back. The life is going to return. We're going to embrace. We're going to embrace. Just as Yaakov and Yosef are about to embrace in next week's Parsha. So that's those are my feelings and thoughts. My unconventional Parsha podcast this week. And I'd like to bless you and ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us to, to hold on tight to be able to have the vision, to be able to see, to be able to hope, to be able to see, to be able to hear. Okay, we're seeing and we don't see. We're hearing and we don't hear. Like Yaakov Avinu. We've been in, we've been in Gullis for 2,000 years. We've been in exile. Could it be that we're almost at, we're almost there at the end? At the end of the tunnel? Could it be? It's hard to imagine it. It's been so long. 22 years Yaakov didn't see Yosef. Maybe we're really there. 2,000 years. We haven't had a base Hamikdash. Maybe it's almost, maybe we're really there. Shem should bless us to be able to hold on tight. To be able to believe. To be able to return. To be able to experience and to feel that real embrace. Of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, as He brings us back, and He brings about the ultimate redemption.
Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.